tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we are speaking with Julie Totten. Julie recently founded Cat Companions, a unique nonprofit organization in the greater Boston area. Its mission is to comfort people living with disabilities with emotional support cats while providing the foster cats with a loving home. Cat behaviorists match participants with an affectionate cat, provide cat education, and if needed, cat behavior issue support. Julie has more than 20 years of nonprofit management experience. She cares deeply about helping people with disabilities. In 2001, she founded Families for Depression Awareness to help families recognize and cope with mood disorders to get people well and prevent suicides. Julie, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So first and foremost, I have to ask all of our guests, how did you get to be passionate about cat and cat companions? Well, I'm actually, my background is in disabilities and autism and mental health, but I do care a lot about animals and I, I have a dog. I don't have a cat because my dad was allergic to cats and my husband's very allergic to cats. So unfortunately I can't have one. So tell me a little bit about your, your background. You know, you say here you have 20 years of nonprofit management experience and caring deeply about helping people with disabilities. Did you go to, to school for this? I mean, how did you really develop that passion? Yes. Yeah, so my background in mental health, you know, I, I experienced a family tragedy. I, I had a brother, my only brother, who took his life when I was in my 20s, and it was very, very difficult. And I wanted to help family members understand how to help someone in hopes that they could help prevent suicides. So the focus, you know, at Families for Depression Awareness was on helping people get educated and provide practical advice um, when they're overwhelmed and, and nervous about how to help their, their loved one. So I ran Families for Depression Awareness, and that was my professional experience, but I also had a family tragedy. But you founded that organization that was a nonprofit organization back in 2001. And does it still exist today? Yes, it's still up and running. And I left it in the good hands of two people who I work closely with, and they're doing a great job. So you, do I dare say that you have transitioned successfully? This is a big question that I get often, which is, you know, how does a person who started an organization or founded an organization transition out with that organization continuing to run? Did you find that process challenging? Uh, no, for me, it wasn't because I, I'm a very collaborative person, not to toot my own horn, but um, I worked very closely with the two people who I, I left it with. And we really shared responsibility after a while for running the organization. So it wasn't a big shift for them to to do it without me. I didn't feel and and you know now it's still running. So I think I think it was very successful. And so, how did you get the idea for Cat Companions? Yeah. So um, I thought of, I think about this a lot about how people with mental health disorders and autism 
how difficult it is for them because, you know, they experience debilitating panic attacks. They have loneliness, depression, insomnia, suicidal thinking. And all of that does need to be addressed with medical treatment. You know, you need to take medication and get the proper treatment. But you also need something positive in your life um, to uplift you. You need someone, something to be there with you in your loneliness. And so, you know, animals are are wonderful in helping comfort you and, and provide an opportunity for you to take care of someone rather just than just worrying about yourself. So there are, of course, service dogs out there, but you know, they're they are expensive and they need to go outside and <laughs> walked and, you know, they they're they need maintenance. <laughs> so um cats, I felt in talking with people and researching this extensively for a year, that cats would be a good alternative, especially for people with disabilities. Um to have an affectionate cat um, and a cat that, you know, is friendly and is, is a little, is an older cat, you know, so that it's not such high maintenance. So that's how the idea came about. When you said you did a year's worth of research, did you try to find another organization that, that looked like this before you decided to embark on this on your own? Yes, I looked for organizations that did this and I, I couldn't find any. There are, of course, service, you know, dog organizations and there are therapy animal organizations that go and visit people in, in nursing homes and um, so forth. But I couldn't find an organization like this that would help people, you know, with disabilities find a cat um, through a shelter um, or a foster home and then educate them on how to take care of it and help them set up a caregiving system, all of that. I, I couldn't find another organization like this. So I'm interested in having you walking us through the process uh, specifically here of, of what, what your organization does. There's a person with a disability, they're interested in owning a cat or fostering a cat. Right. So they're interested in owning a cat. Okay. So what would happen is they would come to our website and catcompanions.org if they live in greater Boston or in Massachusetts and they would apply to the program just fill out a quick questionnaire and then um, we would get back to them and discuss it with them uh, to make there's some things we have to talk about like um, especially about whether they can care for a cat or not and then I would help them find possible available cats and shelters that they should apply to in the area. In Massachusetts, there's, the cats go very quickly. So you have to apply and then follow up, follow up, follow up. Um, sometimes I'm helping people fill out the, the application if they're senior and can't, they don't use computers very much. They need help filling out the application. Um, and then our once they have the cat, we we, we, well, we provide them with education on how to set up their home for the cat and so forth. And then when, when they have the cat, the cat behaviorists go into the home and educate them um, about cat care, about cat interaction, about preventing any cat behavior problems like not using the litter box. Um, and then if they have any problems with their cat behavior, we have someone to 
to talk to them about that as well. What about um, medical support or food, or is that just the responsibility of the person? Right. We have to make sure that the person can afford a cat um, because, you know, the vet bills and the food and then the supplies and the adoption fee are all, you know, for the person to take care of mm-hmm. on their own. And, you know, you're a relatively new organization. You've been operational for almost a year at this point. Um, are there any sort of lessons learned, things that you didn't think of when you first started up that you see, you know, that have happened that you've had to sort of adjust your um, organization's, you know, plans? Well, I think I, I already knew this, but it, <laughs> it came up again, is that people with disabilities are often over, overwhelmed and we need to support them every bit along the way, like helping them fill out the application. You know, when they say it's too much to fill out five applications, sit down with them and and fill them out with them and um, take things, you know, follow up with them and a lot of handholding. And the other thing is that cats are, you know, they go quickly in Massachusetts. So um, it can be hard to find the appropriate cats. And sometimes people will adopt a cat that's not exactly what you're hoping they would go for. So, but you know, it's their choice, of course. So um, yeah, that's, I think those are the things that have come up. Yeah. That the the sourcing the perfect cat is sometimes challenging and, and cats are unpredictable anyway, by nature. So sometimes a cat that you think is described one way will behave, you know, in another way or that kind of thing. So um, and it it is challenging. I've always wanted to have the uh, the common app for cat adoption. Um, you know, sort of in college, there's the common app where you do mm-hmm. one one application, but it goes out to all the different colleges. So you don't have to do you know ten different applications. Well, we should have that for cat adoption. So you just fill out one application, you submit it online, and it goes out everywhere. And if that organization has a good match, you you know they should ping you back you know, based on, based on what you're looking for and that kind of thing. But that, that, I guess that's sort of my dream world, I guess. So there's one of my sort of suggestions out there to try and streamline because it shouldn't be so hard for folks to find a cat that, that will work out for them. Um, that would be awesome. And we should do that as a startup. Yes, <laughs> I think so. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> right. The common app for cats. Yes. Um, and, um, I mean, it would save everybody's time, but I, I I'll try not to go, uh, to go down that that rabbit hole at all you know you've now you've met several cat behaviorists are you learning anything different about any preconceived notions that you might have had about cats beforehand are you learning more about feline behavior being connected with these folks oh yes i i've learned a lot um you know everything from them and uh they've just been tremendously helpful um, and it's interesting how, you know, some people are just very intuitive about cats and they go in and they can sort of figure out the cat right away um, and just have a real knack for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's been fun to watch. Do you need expert help taming feral kittens for adoption? Watch the Taming Feral Kittens and Cats full-length workshop video now available for free on the Urban Cat League YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com and search Urban Cat League to see all of their videos to benefit community cats. 
Do you want to make things easier on yourself and the others in your organization? Our friends at Dubert have teamed up with the Dallas Pets Alive and Spay-Neuter Network teams, and together they have created the Companion Case Management Module. It allows you to be more proactive with all your organization's needs, create cases for your clients, and organize them by type. Whether it is a rehoming situation, a pet parent needing food or medical assistance, or simply spay and neuter inquiries, CCM can help you manage all of them right from the Dubert system. Plus, a huge bonus, it allows you to connect with those clients right from the case so there is no need to open up new windows for emails or pull out your phone for text messages. Check it out and learn more at www.dubert.com to get started today. Ever wanted to quickly connect, collaborate, or problem solve with others in the animal welfare field who are, you know, real people? Look no further than Maddie's Pet Forum. Maddie's Pet Forum brings people of animal welfare together with the common goal to keep more people and pets together. We share ideas, expertise, offer each other support, resources, and more. Visit forum.maddiespetforum.org slash cats. Maddie's Pet Forum. Come for an answer. Stay for the community. Do you have a, a target goal for like the number of clients that you think you can serve? That's been a hard issue for us to to figure out because we're still getting the word out about the organization. So it's hard for us to figure out, well, how many people can we serve and how many people want the service? And so that's still up in the air. I mean, most of the outreach that we're doing is uh, where we thought the biggest need is, but sometimes it's not exactly right. But you know, to parents of children with autism and uh, mental health disorders. So the parent is there to help care for the cat. And uh, seniors really want the service as well. Seniors usually have something going on, like arthritis or or something that they're grappling with. Um, and then we have to be uh, certain that they have can set up a, a good cat caregiving system with the seniors. So it's a little more work. Yeah, back, that all out. Yeah, back in the um in the nineties, the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society, the organization I ran, we had a program called Perfect Companions. And um, and it was matching a volunteer um along with an adoptive cat with a with a, a senior and or somebody that needed assistance. And we would have a volunteer assigned to that sort of case and they would check in on the person. And sometimes the volunteer, we had several volunteers who would go like every week or every couple of weeks and trim the cat's nails and do things like that as a supportive thing. And there were quite a few uh, clients that they would have the, um, like the litter box would be set up high, like on a table so that then the person didn't have to bend down to scoop the litter mm-hmm. box. I'm sure there are more gizmos now that are helpful in that situation where in back in the nineties, it was pretty, pretty much of our our own way of, you know, figuring stuff stuff out on like a, you know, a scoop on a on a broomstick type thing, you know, with an extender type reach type, you know, trying to figure out systems so that they can have the cat. Um, we had, I will say the program did close down after a few years because um, our volunteers were not prepared for some of the life-changing things that happen to, especially to the seniors. They get to a point where either they fall down, they get hurt, they go into uh, rehab or they go to the hospital or else uh, families just made a decision that they you know have to m- be moved into a different level of care um, and that cat was there 
you know, sort of like their last living in companion to them. And, and it was time for them to move into an environment where cats were not allowed. Um, that was tough on everybody. And I mean, your background is, is phenomenal because you have a lot of sort of information on how to deal with kind of that emotional art. Our volunteers came in and said, yeah, I love cats. I can help out with this cat. And it wasn't about the whole like family piece. Um, but mm -hmm. it sounds like you have an awareness of the need that if you do enter into a relationship where you're supporting somebody with a cat that has, you know, special, you know, issues going on, special needs, then um, you, you're understanding the big picture. You're talking about affordability, the ability to, you know, take care of the cat from a from an affordability standpoint, being able to feed, take care of that cat appropriately um, on a long-term big picture basis, you know, things mm -hmm. can happen. Um, and so it sounds like your program has that support for your team, as well as that awareness of what could be happening down the road. Right. So we can coach people about that and talk to the family members about that. Um, and also, I mean, the program's not for everybody. I have to say that because if you can't take care of the cat or you can't have, you know, a cat visiting cat sitter come in, you can't afford that. You know, that's not, that's not gonna, if you don't have a family member, if you, if you're not able to care for the cat, of course, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. But I mean, there are ways to, to set it up so that it can work, but people do have to be able to afford it if it, it, it involves, you know, a cat sitter. What if someone already has a cat and they're looking for some extra support or surrendering the cat? Is that a situation where you would get involved? Um, we have had people who already have a cat. So then we talk about, you know, why do you want another cat? And, you know, how are you going to take your two cats again, the expense and discuss that with them. But we haven't had someone want to surrender a cat yet. Mm -hmm. Or just somebody to say, I have I have one cat and, you know, I, I need some support or it, I would have to think about surrendering. Oh, because, right, right. Yeah, right. we could help with that. Yeah. Right. So because I, you know, I, I could be fine in my 40s, but not in my or something could happen in my 50s where I have a problem. And so therefore I need more support. But my cat's still with me. I, you know, people will be like, I have a 12 year old cat. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm looking for solutions for some extra support so that I can continue to mm -hmm. keep my cat, which I think, I think that is something that we will run into more frequently as um, cat populations age, as well as veterinary care continues to become more, I mean, complicated because cats are living longer, but you're dealing with like things like, you know, insulin shots or special food or, you know, range of different things as cats get older um, where they need, you know, extra support. We also have this whole concept now, too, about One Health, which is taking a family's pets and putting them into the family unit. And so we feel that there's a sense of obligation and necessity within the community to take care of our pets at the same level that we do with our children and our, you know, our family and, and that kind of thing. So um, I think that that services like Cat Companions is great because it's taking that idea of One Health and bringing those, um, bringing cats right into that model, which is, which is really phenomenal. Um, I'd mm -hmm. asked you this before we started the recording and, and I'm going to ask you this question, um, again, you know, if it seemed like this program, um, is working in, you know, in the greater Boston area over a few years, is this something that you think could be a model in other parts of the country? 
I hope that it will be. That would be great. Um, I honestly don't have a lot of, uh, I don't have experience about how other states um, would operate operated. So I, I, I'm not sure, but I would hope that it would be a model. I think, um, you know, it's it's great for the cats to have a loving home and and have, you know, people who a family who really uh, care for them and know how to take care of them and bond with them. And then to have, you know, ex people helping people find a cat, <laughs> at least here in Massachusetts, um, you know, it's not, it's not simple to find, find a cat here, um, the right kind of cat that you need. So I, I think, I think it would be helpful for, I would think it would be helpful for other families in other states. And just the over how overwhelmed people are with disabilities, having the hand holding is really important. Yeah. And we talk a lot about um, barriers um, and we talk about access to care in animal welfare, but there's also access to adoption, um, which is also challenging. It has barriers. We've become very technologically oriented in terms of, or technology oriented where, you know, everything is an application online you know, you can't um, you can't plead your case in a human format. It's all online. And so it's whatever's being seen online, you get judged, you know, by that. And mm -hmm. it can be it doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, we have uh, there's what's called open adoptions concept where you're basically you're sitting down, you're having a conversation with a person. Tell me what life would be like with a cat in your house. You know, so that you're using that as a conversational tool to to mutually decide what's the best route to go, um, you know, for you and for any cat. And I think sometimes we just, you know, oh, you know, emailed, you know, something comes up that sounds a little funny and we go, oh, nope, you know, nope, nope. And, you know, we have to be careful about that on the cat side, too. I, I'm the first one to say that many of us end up taking in, you know, the strange, odd, old and dysfunctional cats you know, been in Massachusetts. I mean, the the cute, fluffy, adoptable kittens, as you said, or the adoptable, even adoptable adult cats. Our heart can be challenging to find at times of the year here in the greater Boston area and in New England. But with all that being said, there's, you know, things to learn about the other cats too, that maybe they're behaving this way because they're in a sheltering environment. Maybe they would behave differently in a home environment. You know, so maybe there's some behavioral things that we can do to kind of give the cat a little slack and give it a chance. But giving it a chance, there's consequences sometimes, too. So, you know, cat behavior is very unpredictable and it's predictable at some levels, but unpredictable, I think, at other levels. So um, it's really the dating game is really hard to figure out when you're doing your matchmaking for for cats as well as you know, for the people to the cats, that kind of thing. So we had, mm -hmm. we had an elder who came in and they wanted to, uh, a senior who wanted to adopt a kitten. And the staff was like, oh, no, no, you can't adopt a kitten. You can't adopt a kitten. And and the person said, well, I'm old and grumpy and crotchety. I don't want an old, grumpy, crotchety cat. I want <laughs> something that's going to be all full of life and vivid vigor and all this other stuff. And, you know, our the the staff at that time, they just didn't get it. And I was like, I get it. You know, you want to you want to have someone bringing in the the frisky, the light, the crazy, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's it's right. really hard energy. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I no, you're just going to trip on them. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just had um we helped a um man who had a granddaughter living with him. So 
they ended up getting a kitten um, against our advice. <laughs> and um, it's a, uh, but it, you know, it's, it seems to be working out. So. Yeah. You so know. you're learning to take chances and that's the mm -hmm. thing that we all have to do. And if it doesn't work out, it's not a failure. It's, mm -hmm. it's, we gave it a try. We just, we gave it a try. And if you didn't try, you wouldn't have known, you know? And mm -hmm. so I just, um, I think that we also need to maybe expand uh, on our reach and broaden it a little bit because it, it, can feel like we're very limited in what our selection is and our choices are with regards to cats, especially at certain times of the year up here in New England. Um, mm -hmm. It can be tough. Now, other parts of the country, totally, you know, that's not not the case for sure. The year round, they've got plenty of cats and kittens available. Um, so, Julie, if folks are interested in finding out more about your organization, how would they do that? Yeah, so we'd love for them to come to our website, catcompanions.org, and we have a you know an application but button that you can press to apply. We have a donate button if you'd like to support us, and you can join our email list as well. So we'd love for you to reach us that way. We do have a Facebook page too, but um, I'm blanking off on the name of the Facebook page. You will insert it later. Sounds great. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it and um, appreciate everyone listening. Super. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Thank you. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think. And a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats.